0: Hey guys, this is Brett Young, Taylor Young, and Rod Erb. And you're tuned in to the Be Extraordinary podcast with Urban Young. Real conversations about business, leadership, and personal development. Hey guys, welcome to episode two. This is the uh, second part of the conversation that was started in episode one. And uh, in the second part of the conversation, we get into a lot of recruiting stuff, a lot of hiring. Um, team building concepts and philosophy. So, some really cool dialogue between Rod Tay and myself. I, I really enjoyed this second part of the conversation uh, even more. So, hope you guys get some stuff out of it, and uh, hope you enjoy. It. Well, you mentioned this,
1: the slight edges behind us, and you know what we're really speaking to in this conversation is about entrepreneurship. It's about starting somewhere, a new sales gig, new year, whatever it may be, and we're kind of just intentionally opening up the doors of what anyone can borrow from us and what we can learn from those early days but the slight edge was i mean how many times we read that book mm, I mean, five days. six yeah. seven times personally i know for me and everything we did was based on a philosophy it was based on the slight edge it was based you know we have our three pillars when we started out that that we borrowed from uh, the gentleman that wrote the slight edge jeff olson and showing up activity and personal development showing up activity and personal development and that that's important to hit on, too, because you you guys are talking about really a roller coaster, right? As, as a small business owner, as a sales professional, it's that yo-yo month, right? Oh, I had a big month in December. Uh, so maybe that early January, the end of December, am I really doing the activities that are relative? Oh, now I got to dip in January. So I got to ramp it back up. And a lot of the early days was from your coaching, your experience as a sales professional to to be able to give us the insight of no, you know, it's actually more important to close a month and start a month with more activity or at least at the very minimum, the same consistent activity with that slight edge to avoid that yo-yo because the yo-yo as a small business owner is a dangerous place, man. I mean, especially when you talk about with capital limited. So the slight edge philosophy on kind of what we brought into our business and in. Anybody, I think you have to start with what you believe and what philosophy you hold. And then that's going to drive your, your actions. That's going to drive your activity, which are ultimately going to drive your results. And so I'm grateful for those early days. And, and we still, we still, I mean, the last book that we, we read books as a company, obviously, together every two weeks, we'll, we'll jump on a call and we'll, we'll, we'll go through a book and we'll, we'll do a 30 minute. We've been doing that for done that
0: for almost, we've done that for 15 years, yeah, 14 and, years.
1: And, and we let, we, we've read The Slight Edge twice.
0: So let's so. so let's give some, um, that's a great point. Um, give a shout out. I want to give yeah. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to uh, Jeff Olson, number one, number two, John Drennan. Um You guys have been just absolutely pivotal in you know the the, the story. Kathy of, Aaron of our story. Kathy Aaron, uh, a lot of the a lot of those those early mentors. Um, I want to talk about something. I want to give some, let's give some people some value, some real tactics, some real yeah. strategy. You know, the, one of the biggest things, um, that I hear that you guys probably hear the same thing is I can't find good people. You know, I can't find good people, you know, it's hard to find good people. And I always chuckle when I hear that, um, because you know, what you say is true is usually right and is usually what you experience. Um, and I laugh because I feel like we've had a lot of luck with finding good people um, which is interesting and I don't think it's by accident. I, th- I think a lot, what people don't know about inside of our four walls that we don't share a lot is those book studies. personal development. you know when we started it was the three of us and we said this is how we're going to do this because this is how we had always done it before. And you know if' we're in the, if you're in the business of, 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 of running an enterprise or starting a business, you have three responsibilities, which is number one, you have to engage and find talent. You have to develop talent and you need to retain talent, right? Until you get, that's you first. You got to retain yourself, right? You don't quit. But once you get to the point where you're hiring and you're you're doing that, uh, there's an art and there's a science to that. But I think there is a cool science that's allowed us to excel in, in a sense of finding great people and developing great people because a lot of people that are great here didn't start great but they are pretty awesome at what they do now because they were students of their craft. But I think for us, we didn't really know insurance very well. So all we knew what to do was to be the the, the the messenger, not the message. All we knew was to point to something else and say, well, we don't really know the answer, but we know that that has the answer and we let the personal development drive the development inside of our company. We let that drive getting somebody from A to B to C to D. It wasn't us, right? I think that's pretty cool. We let the tool do the work and the tool was the personal development calls that we had every, every two weeks. I mean, I think it was every week. It was every week for a number of years, for five years, maybe. And just for those that are tuning in. So what we would do is we would pick a book, right? Part of our core value is personal development, right? Showing up activity and personal development and personal development just comes down to reading 10 pages of a good book a day. And, Part of that study was we wanted to hold each hold each other accountable, or in, in 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 create a platform where the tool, the development tool, could do the work for us. So we would check in every week, and we would study a book, and we did this, and we're still doing that to this day, nine years later. And in there's turn, call, it creates. There's
1: a call, call night. We're shooting this on the fifteenth of uh, January, I believe. It's called a call night, or maybe it's next Wednesday. There
0: you go. So, but but <laughs> the, the, the point of that is, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to be an expert in your industry. You don't have to be the coach all the time. You don't have to have all the answers. You can simply point to the tool that says, "I don't have all the answers, but I know that inside these books has everything and more that we need to know to become a world-class organization, to be a world-class professional, to everything that we want to know." So, if you're if you're out there and you're saying, "Man, it's hard for me to find good talent," or, you know, or one of those, "I can't find good people." Number 1, stop it. Because you're creating your reality. So, number one, there's a lot of great people out there, and the world is abundant of talented, incredible people who are looking for a great home. So you're your worst own enemy. Don't ever say that. Number two, have you created a platform to give yourself an opportunity not to be the end-all be-all? Because as operators, kind of we want we have an ego. Sometimes we wanna be the guy. But there's a lot of dangers that come from being the guy because then no one can excel past your skill set because you're always wanting to be the guy. And I think that's a cool tool that I don't know of a lot of organizations that do that. But I, I, I fundamentally believe that has been the baseline to our success of growing people. So, so, so
1: what you're saying is gold, first of all. But, but second of all, it goes right into the idea of resources. We had to be creative sure. in how we would recruit sure. because you we weren't able to provide a competitive salary. We weren't able to provide health insurance and benefits and, and all this stuff now that we've been able and been fortunate enough to be able to implement. Sure. Um, right? So So as you're recruiting, I think that you talk about starting a business with no money versus resources. I think the easiest thing to do is say, well, we'll, we'll just pay people more or we'll... You know whatever it is, but then what if you don't have that ability? Then what do you do? Do you just not hire? Mm-hmm. Do you or do you just hire bad people, mm-hmm. incompetent people? Or what you're saying is, or do you decide to get really creative and look into the soul of what people are looking for? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Solve the problem of the people that you're recruiting. Right, and, and maybe it's a lack of fulfillment. Maybe it's a lack of. The ability to grow and, and advance to the next level. Maybe they're looking for a home in an industry. I know for us, um, our first key team member came from hospitality, and that first initial conversation came from him doing a good job, um, you know, waiting on you, and you saying, "Hey, man, like, what do you do? You're sharp. I'd love to connect with you." Right? If you would have had the resources, or we would have had the resources. We'll, we'll just go get a recruiter. We'll, we'll go hire somebody and we'll pay them to go find us somebody who's a seasoned insurance per- professional. Such a good point. And because those resources did not exist, it didn't allow us to be able to do that, which ultimately led to one of the most effective tools that we've used in growing our business, which is recruiting yep. and being able to grow and being able to retain really quality people.
2: It makes me think to hear you say um, a couple things, man. First of all, to the person that says there's no good people, or are you somebody that wants that, that someone would want to follow? It's the mm. first thing I think about, right? And you think about what we've poured into our own development to hold ourselves <laughs> accountable to, to, to hopefully someday be the person that people want to follow. Mm-hmm. To the people that say, "There's I can't find a good help. Where do you sit, right?
0: Such a good point.
2: Because to your point, man, there's all kinds of people out there. But are you willing, like we were willing, to meet people where they are, invite them, Right. We didn't mandate anything. Absolutely, we invited them to say, hey, there's seats available here at this company. And we think we want to work with you based on who you are. We also want to invite you to become a better version or become more of yourself. Right. So those things hearing you both talk about that, it makes me extremely proud that um, and, and I love the shout out to Jeff and John, you know, and you think to yourself back back in those days, we were we were just we just became students of what they were teaching. Yes. And we just embodied because it made sense. You talk you talk about philosophy. Everybody wants to teach people what you know, people come in and they say, well, how do I do this? And you're, I'm reminded more of we never taught anybody how to do this because we didn't necessarily know how to do it. But we what we where we were bullish was we will you have to we have to we have to know that you think the right way. So that you, so how you do the house that no, that everybody wants to know that nobody really
0: knows. Your attitude, the way that you look at the the way you look at the opportunities when you have problems ex- or, when you experience a mistake. Do you yeah. look at that as, as an opportunity and, and, yeah. and, and, and what's your perception of the bigger picture when something occurs, which is going to allow you to make a good choice sure. instead of slipping to the third page on the manual and executing the process. Now I'm not. I'm not downgrading processes. We have of processes too. Yeah. No. But it's fair to say, it's is it fair to say the processes didn't exist for three, four years? Like well, and because they s- were changing all the time. It's back to that it's back to that value as far as we we thought we were building our processes for the end user, but then all of a sudden we were shortcutting the person that was sending in the business. So we had to
2: rewire our processes. Well, how about if your process how about if you have somebody with a shitty attitude? I don't care how good your processes are down on paper. I mean the person with a shitty much attitude you know. is gonna is gonna is gonna They're going to still
1: be the problem. Totally. Or or how much you know, right? Insurance experience. You mentioned it. Or industry. I mean, we're talking about insurance because that's what we do. But I think the first, I mean, we just recently hired somebody six years in with insurance experience. I mean, that's six years us starting without very much experience. And, And you know what's cool is experience is great. But not if it's at
0: the expense. the
1: expense of the attitude. Of a good attitude, right? And if so, somebody's so got true. experience and an awesome attitude, and it's going to be coachable, sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah. It, but, it, but then also,
0: I don't know if we could afford somebody with
1: experience.
0: So there well, was curiosity. A, I think I think curiosity is a uh, leads to an open mind, right? And then open mind basically is an attribute or a symptom of humility, right? When you know it all and you have experience. You're not open to the curiosity of maybe I could learn something here. You don't ask questions. You don't listen. You you think you have it all figured out. And at the end of the day, whether you're talking to a customer, whether you're talking to somebody who sends you business, you're talking to an our business, an underwriter, or you're just talking to maybe your partner or your staff, you're not inviting people to work with you. You're inviting people to work on behalf of you or for you or do something because you know it and they don't. And at the end of the day, nobody wants to be in that scenario. Use your experience as a tool to make sure you're in the right place, but don't use your experience as a way to dictate what needs to happen. And so many of us use that as, as, as a reason as to why people should follow us. And the reason people follow people is not because of your experience. The reason people follow is because you inspire them. You inspire them to be better. You inspire them to do something that maybe they don't do, you know, you know, why are we inspired by people that go to the gym every day? All of us are because there's a discipline there. And at some level, we all of us struggle to, yeah. with it, you know, all of us battle with it. But when we see somebody do that, we say, man, their actions inspire me because I want that discipline. Sure. Or how about communication? Right. Somebody has the humility to say maybe someone has 20 years plus experience. But they have enough humility and, and an open mind to listen to somebody that only has six months worth of experience and maybe learn something, right? Yeah. That is an incredible quality that someone would look at and say, "Man, I want to work with that type of person." That's right. You know, <clears throat>
1: so, I want to jump off too because it goes to business owners, entrepreneurs, people growing teams. Is is the question? Is when's the right time to hire? Um, you You talk about how you start with revenue, you start with the customers, you start with marketing right because without a customer you don 't have a business right You have a cool thing to talk about a cocktail party um, as we mentioned right so um so once you go out and you 're able to establish yourself in the marketplace and you as the business owner you 're the business you're you're the employee you're, you know right you 're doing it all, and then you know you look at yourself and say, okay cool we 're getting to a point where you know, we could really use some help. We could build some infrastructure. That's a priority, whatever it may be. I would like to ask you guys, and, and I'm actually going down memory lane, to where our our personal experience is, is it always felt like we hired before we were ready, quote unquote. Meaning we could we could still do the job, and it was maybe a little bit premature. Yeah. And it always felt like, man, you know, it was it was that battle where Wow, we've really found – because because I think what you're talking about is you're recruiting, right? So you find somebody you want to work with. Okay, cool. Well, what if what if, the, what if this job is – maybe the job's not even available. Maybe the job's not even carved out. We don't maybe know what you want to do. We just know, hey, we want to work together. Yeah. And and when, then we got to figure out that the capacity in which we can do that to where it's a mutual fit. And so I'd like to talk a, li- a little bit about that because I know that's what it always felt like for me. It always felt like, gosh, man, are, are we – we're hiring because we wanted to work with this person. And then it's about making it to a point where we can plug them in. They can contribute right away and get on the path. And that was a big pain, especially initially because you obviously talk about limited resources. You talk about a starving owner, which we all were. Um, we, we, we were, we didn't take a, um, a, a livable wage. You know, we, we were below the poverty line for what three or four years? Sure. Um, we are pushing four plus. Yeah, maybe maybe almost five. Yeah. And that's that's not to toot our horns. We made that de- decision intentionally, but we hired somebody within two. Um, you know, a gentleman named Matt Ekberg. And there's three of us. Right, and that was a downside of of what we talked about the skill set equity. That sounds good and great. Sure. Right. That sounds like hey, you got a good thing going. You should be able to grow faster because there is three of you. Yeah. But man, can that be painful in the early days because there's also three families involved. There's three mouths to feed. Yeah. And so now you're talking about hiring somebody else. Goosebumps again. You're talking about hiring somebody else. You're like, nah, dude, I can do that. Right. Right? And so,
0: so I, got, I would love to touch on that. Um, number one, I think you got to begin with the end in mind and you got to look at what your priorities are. And it just comes back to what we talked about. And I think we all <clears throat> made the decision early on that we were gonna put our personal needs aside for the greater good of what we wanted to build. And I think that's a little unique. I don't I don't know if that I would give that advice to somebody <laughs> because that takes a that takes a unique <laughs> that takes a unique deal. And I think it's unfair to to put a label on that and package it and sell it. So Call that for what it is, but the balance of having three people is at some point none of us wanted to talk about our hardships. None of us wanted to talk about our personal needs because we always wanted to talk about the business and what was right for the business. So there was rel- there was relatively limited conversations about what we personally needed because we wanted to sacrifice that for the good of the enterprise. We did that for five years, and we did a lot, and 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 I think we made some really good choices because of that. Um, we we had to deal with some pain, but I think we made some really good choices because there was three minds, and we were always collectively looking at the business itself, not our three scenarios. Um, so that's number one. I think priority wise, we, we had always made a, uh, a a pact that our enemy was being a small business. Uh, I think uh, I feel comfortable sharing that that we don't wanted we did not want to be uh, the insurance agents that sit in one room and there's three of us all in one room and we make a nice income but it's the three of us come to work and we do everything um, we wanted to grow a cause we wanted to, to grow something bigger and we wanted to give the gift of personal development this was our vehicle to do it um, so priority wise i think it just matched up with what we wanted i think if somebody's first objective is to make is to replace their income. Sure, yeah. Because I think most people watching this maybe work for somebody else and they're gonna start an enterprise and their main job and their main priority is to replace their income. I think it would be a bad decision to hire somebody. I think people hire too quick. I think people hire for the wrong reasons. I think people hire because they don't wanna do the work. Mm. I think people hire because it makes them feel like they're moving the needle. I think they hire out of ego. And your main priority should be your main priority. And you shouldn't worry about the external forces of what you're supposed to have your priorities. So number one, if you're looking to replace your income, I think you should do what you need to do and grind till you need to grind till you replace your income. Mm-hmm. If you're not in that situation where you need to, quote, unquote, replace your income, beginning with the end in mind is is leverage an important factor for you. For us, we decided that leverage was going to be a very big part of what we needed in order to grow because a lot of our skill sets required us to be out and do the deal. And we needed some back office administrative work to be done so we could free us up to grow the company. So we made a decision that we were willing to sacrifice income in order to move top line. Um, because that got us quicker to our goal and further away from our enemy, which was being a small business. So again, I think it comes down to priorities, but I think the key to that is I think we lie to ourselves what our priorities are based on what we think you know we think other people or the world says should be our priorities instead of dude, I just need to replace my income because I got to feed my family. You That's know out of I mean? desperation. Well you yeah, we
2: didn't really ever let desperation factor in no. Yeah. Even though there was pain hidden. Yeah.
1: Even though there was plenty to go around.
2: Yeah, there yeah. was plenty to go around. We just, we, you
1: know... We, we, it was we had, we had channeled some, in a different way. We had
2: some dark days and some dark conversations. Sure. But we were very vigilant in not allowing those dark days or dark conversations to be any sort of a driver to what we were doing and the direction we were taking the company. And that, that's something, I think, to, to commend each other yeah. on. You know? yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I like that you say... What we committed to for five years, as far as a w- living wage goes, we wouldn't recommend that. No. Um, but I'll tell you, you what—it sure does make where we're sitting now and what we potentially could see as—we as, wouldn't be here for the We wouldn't be here, right? And I, I just—I just look at that and I go, man, thank God that we made that decision, as tough as it was. And I say tough as it was, and I probably had the least—I had probably had the least right to say that because I had an income. Where you guys started out, you didn't have an income. So, and it's worth, you know, we want to get raw. We want to get real. I yeah. mean, I, I had an income. Let's say it. I had an income and I had a big nut. But at the same time. Different
1: life experiences, different backgrounds. Right. different, back right. Yeah, and,
2: and, 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 and wanting to let go of that, but realizing that what I have created for myself you had a child those two uh, i had two kids two, two kids and a wife and in a, a house that i that i had responsibility to from living a certain way that an entrepreneur making the decisions we were going to make didn't didn't jive didn't match with up, yeah. didn't match up <laughs> great so form.
1: well and you want to get raw and vulnerable man i remember uh Thank God we were able to file our taxes. You know, that first year, yes, that's different. Filing your taxes. Do you taxes. have to file your taxes when yeah, yeah. you make that money? As a money? business owner?
0: <laughs> isn't yeah. that like if you get like a certain amount of money, you don't have to file it? File yeah, yeah. So,
1: so once you actually file, you, you get that uh, that W 2. Um, you know, I, I remember vividly that W 2 for me. Um, you know, I was a single guy and I got out and it, it was 8000 bucks, man, all year. $8,000. And You, I'm so glad you said I wouldn't recommend that because I totally agree with you and it's that conversation if you're going to do it again would you do it all over again the answer is no No. because I know what I know now but I didn't know then so it's the beauty of the balance of you going through it learning along the way because another thing you talk about starting with a customer and getting in a sales mode and bringing revenue in in our business in the property cash insurance space a lot of times you don't make money until the second third year depending on you know how creative and, and what you're spending on marketing, what you're spending on payroll, right. right? So imagine that, and it's not a high price point. Most of the policies that you're selling, the revenue to the actual agency is $150, $200 per policy. Yep. I remember talking to some real estate agents early on and they, they had somehow found out like, oh yeah, what do you guys uh, make if you sell a $1,000 homeowner's policy? They we're like, oh, you, you know, we make like a hundred bucks. And they were like, <laughs> Oh my God! Can do? I buy? Can I what? buy you lunch? When, they, when they're going to make like five thousand? Right? Can I, can I buy you lunch today? Like, yeah, no. But I mean, if you develop a relationship long term, obviously you have the opportunity each year to to be able to renew and help with that business. And they're like, still like, oh my God! <laughs> so, so when you do that, what do you guys s- think? When you start a business <laughs> organically, meaning you don't have any book of business, you don't have any customers, and you have to go out and get those customers, bring them in services. So organically. We, did, we grew our business organically for the first four and a half years, give or take, right? And that was another thing of usually in our business, you're going to come in and start it. You're usually going to start it with an acquisition because you can buy a book of business which spits off revenue immediately. And then you can use that revenue to use on marketing, to use on hiring, to use on all these in office space. And then right? grow organically. And then grow organically. And you talked about limiting mistakes. Well, we hadn't earned the right. Not only did we not have the capital, but we hadn't earned the right. So to do that initially would have been such a mistake for us versus other people, it's a home run. And now sitting here in this room, we've been through three acquisitions, all different size shapes, two different marketplaces. But that certainly wasn't how we started. And, And because of that, organic growth has always been a huge priority for us, regardless of an acquisition. And so I look back at that and say, Man, was that tough! Wouldn't do it again. Mm-hmm. But what a cool way to eliminate some risk while we learned what we were doing, and then be able to capitalize when that opportunity came on. Well, how
2: about right? how about you say it's great point. not having earned the right? I mean, four and a half years of building it organically, we didn't even have anything leverageable for a bank to give us. Yeah, you know, resources to make a purchase if we, you know, if we if we had decided to do that back then. So I, yeah. you know, fast forward how many years it took us to even have something attractive enough to present to someone to make a purchase well and we
1: we started uh, our first team member was paid hourly had another job worked two jobs worked very very hard came in to learn the business and we were able to offer him a full-time salary maybe a year and a half later two years later and i think that was a cool part but it was also another one of those decisions where dink Damn, like we, we got we to set this, ourselves back. We, we, we got to make this leaders eat last. It's a good call.
0: Well, I wanted to, that's a That's a good pivot point. I wanted to try to give some um, some value to somebody that's watching this uh, and just thought, thinking to themselves, you know, OK, there's great people out there. I get that. I'll buy that. But, you know, uh, you know, I what do you guys do or what's the best way to go about that? Or, you know, what does that look like? What are some philosophies? Because I, I there's a lot of things we're really bad at. I think one of the things that we're pretty good at is recruiting. Um, just because I think we, loved, we love what we do and we love to tell people about that. And we actually have conviction and belief that this is the best place to work that you could possibly work. No question. Um, so I wanted to give some strategy and some tactic to, 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 to somebody that's watching this right now that we believe that I think really helps you or will help you with recruiting. <clears throat> until you had mentioned it. But I think number one is what's in it for them. I think if you're recruiting in any job or any endeavor or anything, it could be basketball, it could be a sport, the bottom line is you as the person that's recruiting, are you looking at what is in it for them? Um, And I think a lot of times, most people that are recruiting are thinking what's in it for them, themselves, instead of what's in it for the person that they're obviously looking to to offer them a job. Um, If you can answer the question of what's in it for them, then you're at least in the right starting point. And then people say, well, is it just money? Well, I think it can't just be money because at the end of the day, it's about value of working with you. And there's a couple ways that you can add value to somebody that you're looking at bringing on board. Number one, it's fun. You offer a place that's really, really fun. Number two, it could be social. You have some, you have an environment that's very social that gives people a sense of belonging that they don't have at their other you know job. They go into nine o'clock and they leave at five and they don't talk to anybody after that. Uh, number three, Is personal development, and that ended up being the pillar that we, uh, you know, organically. That's just what we love, and we believe that if you come work here, you become a better person, not a better professional first. And I and I I put that up against anybody Amen. that anybody that we compete with so, so that ends up being the pillar that we believe gives value to people without just extra compensation um, and hope, and ends up being interesting the more personal the more somebody personal develops they end up making more money so it's interesting but then the fourth is just a noble cause it could be somebody who believes in going green and they believe that they're doing something to save the world. They believe that they're making an impact in their social, uh, you know, uh, community as far as it could be uh, different outreach programs that they belong to, but it could be a a, a cause that somebody gets to belong to. The first question is find, find out what your value is. That's not just monetary value. Yes, you have to offer a competitive wage. Yes, you have to be able to give benefits that are competitive in the space, but if you're paying at the top end, For every single person that you bring on board, you better have some fancy, fancy mousetrap that allows you to run a ridiculously high profit margin. Otherwise, you're going to be out of business. So number one, I think, is know your value and understand that if someone's going to come work for you, what's in it for them? I think we're very good at understanding what's in it for them, and our message is very, very clear. So that's number one. Number two, once you know what that is, skills equity. We talked about it again, knowing where they're going to fit within the organization, how their skills are going to provide value to the whole when people understand what they are good at and that's what you're looking for and they can contribute. All of us want to contribute at some level. So to be recruited into an organization where I'm, where I have a very definitive clear understanding of what's in it for me. If I join your enterprise also understanding the skills that I bring to the table are exactly what you're looking for and I know where I'm going to fit that provides a a significant amount of clarity and it makes me feel really good that I'm gonna be able to contribute. And then number three um, is selling the dream. And I know we believe in this big time, is all of us have grand plans for ourselves and coming to work for your company at the job and the role that you're recruiting for does not have to be the end all be all. As a matter of fact, the majority of us are hoping that where we start is not where we finish. So understanding what somebody's needs are, what's in it for them, understanding where their skill sets fit and how they're going to contribute. And then also being able to sell them on, Hey, if you do a good job, This is where I see you ending up being. This is where I see an opportunity for you. This is where this could turn into giving somebody a vision of where they could be. A lot of times people don't look at that for themselves. They don't have the ability to look out far enough. They don't have the ability to see that for themselves. They're just worried about right now. I got to find a job or I'm worried about the next 90 days or what this year looks like. But you as an entrepreneur, you as an operator, you as a recruiter, you need to be able to set a cast of vision. You need to be able to sell the dream to somebody to where they go, man, where I am today is not where I'm gonna be. And oh, by the way, maybe I'm working in a place where I'm, and this has happened multiple key team members that have come on on board. They were 10 years into their career, so they're making a good income where they are, but they're not very happy where they are, and they wanna make a change. But here's the the bottom line. When you make a change from having 10 years of experience and being proficient to going to a new industry where you know nothing, you're not gonna make the same amount of money. So do you have the ability to communicate as a leader that says, you are going to take a pay cut because you're not worth as much over here as you are over here yet. But then number two is, here's where I see this being, and here's where you can get to. If you can do a job casting that vision and hit all three of those, you have the potency to be able to be a really good recruiter.
1: So I want you to go into every single one of those, the fun, you had made a list, right? You made it clear what's in it for them, what are their skills, and then selling the dream. But you also had mentioned it's a fun place to work, Um, you know, that list of four, right? And before you go into it, I just wanted to to capitalize on what you said. You know, I come from a a basketball background, and, and you know, you talk about being recruited, and the best recruiters are the ones that, what I wrote down is being understood. You mentioned skills and being understood and how that can make somebody feel great. When somebody in the basketball world calls you and says, hey, hey, Brett, man, and he, you get a feel that that coach understands who you are as a player. Right. And then says, basically, we value who you are as a player. We're not going to try to make you different. We're not going to try to make you different. But then they that makes you feel like, one, wow, that's a sense of belonging. And then what they also do is they do sell the dream. Where you are as a player is value, but here's also where I could see us going together. And I think the best recruiters in, say, college basketball, college sports, whatever it is, are the ones that are able to communicate an understanding of that person's game Uh, relay that it is valuable to them and then also be able to sell the dream on what they can accomplish together because of that. That's great. And, and then also, of course, the what's in it for them is the features conversation, features and benefits of the benefits of you coming to this school and how it's going to, you know, understanding your goals and how we're going to basically accomplish them. So, but I did want to, since you're going into tactics and you're giving people actually say, great, you know, that's fun, how do we have fun at work? Two, personal development, how do you actually create a place where you personally develop it? Um, three, how do you create a place where you do have a social connection? Sure. Um, and, 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 and then four, what was number four? Cause. Cause, how do you create a mission that, that maybe is, is beyond what today is?
0: Um, okay, number one, it's gonna depend on who you are as an entrepreneur. You know, Don't try to pretend to be somebody that you're not. And at the end of the day, if you're a really fun person, then that's okay but if you're not that fun you gotta have some self-awareness we all know if you're fun or not right but if you're not that fun and that's not your playful personality creating this fun environment is going to be it's going to be foreign to you it's going to be alien to you so therefore it's going to come off as fake it's not genuine therefore it's not real therefore it doesn't exist so number one or i should say number two would be to figure out yourself because at the end of the day, our businesses are a reflection of the person that birthed them at least in their beginning stages. And I would say probably to the end, whoever's leading that organization, that organization is a reflection of leadership. So I think you got to figure out what you're tied to, what's going to be organic for you. You know, if you're a very social person and the idea of doing events with your team on a consistent basis to do fun things is exciting to you and you enjoy that, then that would be a great outlet for you to do that. But if you have, If you have a packed life and you're not able to really do that and the idea of spending time outside of work to do social events is painful to you, I wouldn't do that Mm -hmm. if I were you because you're not gonna be able to perpetuate it. You're not gonna be able to do a call for nine years, right? I love the call. I know you guys love the call because it's organic. The bottom line is if it was just the three of us, we'd be on a call discussing a book. I don't give a shit about everybody else in regards to if they think that it's important or not. We think it's important and because there's conviction there, because it's organic, because it's genuine, Other people want to follow because they go, well, what is going on there? There's something, there must be something to that because they're convicted about it. So you have to have conviction about what it is. So, and then actual real strategy was, I think fun doesn't have to be loose place to work. I think when it's time to work, it's time to work. And when it's time to have fun, it's time to have fun. And, yes, there is some gray air and so, so a dichotomy there. But just because it's fun doesn't mean that you don't get after it. Sure. And you're not goal-oriented, okay? By fun, I mean playful in a sense of what do you do to create, you know, like a cool thing is we, we had a, a prospective customer that they have Nerf guns. And every once in a while, yeah. they have a break and they do Nerf guns, you right. know, throughout the day, and it creates this playful environment that people say, you know what, life's not that serious. Let's let's not take ourselves too seriously. Another thing that we do here, and that the, a lot of the girls do, which I think Tori started in Dr. Phillips, is at a certain time, I think it's three o'clock, they get up and do a yoga stretch. They get up <laughs> and do a stretch session. <laughs> And it's just a fun, playful thing to kind of relieve or some dance.
1: of dance. It's not always yoga. Oh, yeah, they do yeah, dance it's, too? It's, it's, it's yoga, there's meditation, there's there's a little bit of a dance, and it's up to – it goes round robin. Each person leads awesome. that five-minute break and chooses kind of – and awesome. it creates cool camaraderie. But in it's the so early fun. days, you mentioned fun, a mini basketball hoop. A yeah.
0: Basketball hoop. Yeah. There you go. That's perfect. Yeah. We used to – yeah, exactly. Yes, you're going to have a little bit of productivity loss, but it's worth it. And it's going to get loud. It'll get loud. You got to be okay with that. Yep. Fight through. Yeah. But you know what's cool is subcultures, right? The the subculture in Melbourne, that they've created that. And that's really fun um, because that's, their, that's, that's them. And that's what they are all you know, about. It's genuine. Yeah. And it fits within, obviously, what we're doing here. But, um, you know, and for a cause, you know, look, I think in the beginning of a business, I think you need to be loose with your cause unless you're really, really convicted because you haven't figured out who you are yet. Most of us don't start a business because we're convicted to change the world. Most of us start a business to make money. Most of us start a business because we want autonomy. Most of us start a business because we want to work on our own terms. Um, Let's Mm -hmm. just call it what it is. So to think that you're gonna go out and start a business and change the world, and to eradicate you know, some sort of sickness or do something really big, I think is not genuine. I think it comes off as fake and I think people know that you're not being genuine because at the end of the day, you just started. You're just trying to get a customer. I don't think that's real. So, But as you grow and as you develop and as you learn about who you are, I fundamentally believe that to the core of every single business has to be a noble cause that drives the activity in, the, in what you do. Because if people don't feel, starting with the leadership, if people don't feel like what you're doing actually matters, then at the end of the day, the monetary value of that erodes away. Um, it has to be about something that's emotional. And money is not emotional. When, when you have a cause, it, 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 it makes you care. And how many customers, how many people receive some sort of product and service on a daily basis and they know somebody doesn't care. And something as simple as that is I think is a systematic, um, is a systematic deal. It's not necessarily the person you're talking to doesn't care because everybody's a person. When you have a bad experience on the phone with somebody, they hang up the phone, they go home, they care about something. They're a good person. They're a real person. It's just, they don't care about what you're talking about. So creating, A noble cause that you can get behind creates a systematic global caring throughout the organization. You can't pay for that. You can't throw enough money at anybody to get them to care. When you tie back what you do every day to something that really, really matters and it's genuine – all of a sudden, the, the the activity of what I do every day is not just about serving the customer. It's not just about doing a good job. It actually fundamentally comes back to an actual core mission of why this is important. And that's a deep question, and that's a whole other subject, but it's absolutely critical. Well, it's uh, taken us
1: how long to figure out... I mean, a, uh, a long time. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I don't think it has to be clear to get started. I, I think there's a different level of clarity throughout mm-hmm. this deal through, through your experiences but what I, I wanted to highlight what you said because I wanted to you 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 went through a lot which was all great stuff but I wanted to give the cliff notes of saying fun make it a light place take some fun breaks whether that's meditation a basketball hoop a little mini basketball hoop whether it's a dance in the middle of the day yeah bring them to create, in. create an environment that it does not allow you to take yourself too seriously because it's hard in those early days, for us, I know specifically, but for a lot of people, money's tight, man. Yeah. Like it's a serious deal. Like your livelihood is on the line. You're spending a lot of time doing this, and I think it's a discipline to understand that you know if you don't take time to have some fun and mix in, you know, and not take it too serious, you're not going to stay the course. You're not going to you're not going to be able to get to the to the prize of the fruit on the other side of the mountain. And then number two, personal development. We've been dancing around it, but we've been running a call for over ten years. It's usually a weekly thing. Lately, it's become an every two week thing, and we go through a personal uh, development book together. It could be on, the, you know, happiness. It could be on a skill set a sales. It could be, uh, you know, so many books. I mean, I know we've probably gone through twenty plus books together over the years, probably more. And so, it's creating a platform that allows people to personally develop, sure. right? And I think that's an important part of what you're saying. People go, "What, what, what, what Personal development? Cool. Like, well, how do you do that?" Well, you create a platform that allows somebody to, first of all, come in and go, I haven't read a book. How, how many times do you you bring a team member on and they go, I haven't read a book since middle school, since high school? And you go, dude, that's exactly how I was. This is so cool. Let's go through this together. And they plug in on that call and they go, one, I'm scared to death to say anything. Two, maybe they read the chapter, maybe they didn't. But they're they're within the platform so they can grow within it. And so every week, every two weeks, they have the opportunity yeah. to fit in to that platform.
0: Well- and I, I want to hear Rod's thoughts on this, but um, you know, you can have a mixture of all of these. Uh, 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 an example of this that I think is really practical, we did personal development dinners for seven years. Yeah, that's where I was going, yeah. So we had a call every week. And then we had a dinner every month at somebody's house. With pizza and noodles. So you want to talk about social, right? (laughs) Social is one of those. We were creating, not even knowing it. We, we, We didn't know this, but we were creating a community that if somebody worked at Urban Young, it was so much more than work. It was a place where people could do life together. It was a place where everybody could grow together. It was a place where you could come and hang out together. We made it about... 24 hours a day was urban young. It wasn't nine to five. And some people would look at that and say, man, you can't get people to do that. That's fine. It was voluntary, but people, if you're coming from a place of genuine, I want to contribute instead of, Oh, this is something you should do. And we need you to show up to this. Then it, it's a completely different deal so but we were creating social and we we're creating a community revolved around personal development but at the end of the day the underlying cause was to create an extraordinary life for not only ourselves but everybody that was involved
1: but, but keep in mind yeah. I, I think it's unfair to skip to the cause because we didn't know how to articulate what no. we were doing until the last few years yep. so you know, to say that 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 when we were recruiting based on the cause that you articulated is is not accurate, right? I mean, all those things that we were able to put together and and now oozes through our brand and that clarity is so powerful here almost ten years in. Yep. But to start it wasn't that way. And and, and then the social part you hit on too, right? I feel like the more you grow a business or maybe that you start a business with resources and money, you know, you see all these uh, businesses and, and us included that, that that throw a fence or hey I'm gonna go do this team building at the axe throwing competition or I'm gonna go do this team building and we're gonna do a happy hour at whatever right but it doesn't have to be that way you don't have to go do some fun activity that costs money right like it it, it can be as simple as getting together at a team member's house and having conversations about how everyone's doing and ordering a pizza or making pasta i do vividly remember making pasta and spaghetti all the time because it was it was the least expensive and so one it was probably the responsible thing to do but two we weren't getting together because of the spaghetti we were having we were getting together because we wanted to be belly to belly to talk through how our days were, to talk through how each other were doing. And I so I, I don't I think the social part can get misconstrued when you talk about culture, and and that'll be another side note. But it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It just has to be whatever you're deeming.
0: Well, I mean, part important. of the it, it was also based on a philosophy, which was we hang out with our core people. Sure, that was a philosophy from the start that we all believed in. That you, you know we we read ten we read ten pages of a good book a day. and we hang out with our core people. And what I'm proud of is that it's not enough to just go through and say, here's, here's what I believe. I'm going to write it down on a piece of paper. We're going to make a nice fancy billboard. We're going to stick it in the office. And these are our core beliefs. You have to create what you call the platform that systematically reinforces the behavior that you want, right? The call, the call happened with or without us. It was set in motion right? And there was accountability that if one of us weren't able to do it, there was there was another person to pick up the slack. But then also the dinner happened with or without Alice. It was just something that we did. And it became part of the, 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 the process of what we did. And it wasn't just, hey, we believe in personal development and just saying it over and over again, yeah. but not doing anything about it. And I think wh- whatever you decide is going to be your value that you offer someone to come work with you, you have to have Systematic things and and processes that reinforce that. Otherwise, it's just smoke and mirrors, right? It, it's just a thing around the office that people look at and go, "Yeah, that just sounded yes. good." They, they 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 dream that up in a, in a in a on a whiteboard, put it on a nice fancy poster, but they don't even live by it. It's worse having it up because that just means that you're not genuine to yeah. what you say.
2: I think I think to myself, and listening to you guys talk, I think to myself, if you privately pulled. Our team, and you ask them these questions. I think everybody would agree that we walk our talk, and we've become we've we've become the examples first. But you think I go back to something you said, Brett. If you that I, that I think about all the time, people want to talk about work life balance, and we say there's no balance here. It's work life integration. We want we want the two to be symbiotic, and they have become that way, really from the beginning. Hanging out with our core people. Um, what a, what a gift that's been, right? And that which goes back to recruiting the fact that I would want to spend time with this person, yes, because of their qualities that they possess right now today. Yes, we're not worried about what you know about insurance. We just genuinely want to be around you. Yes. That's been that's been everybody we work with.
1: Yeah. And that's what we're doing right now.
2: It's exactly what we're doing right now. I mean, we're we're, we're we miss each other.
1: I mean, as funny yeah.
2: as that may seem, yeah. we miss being face to face with each other. And if, if we don't get anything out of today, we get to, I get to see you guys. I mean, happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. Buddy. You know, I mean, Appreciate so that. So I, I just uh, – and, and then the last thing that I think about is we've had this call going since we met. There was a day when I hadn't read a book short of school. Mm-hmm. And whether it was 2006, 2007 where we, we, we looked at each other and said, okay, well, these, all these weirdos are talking about reading books and personally developing whatever let's do it and we just we we fell in cadence and we did it but think about how many people became became part of this team that had never read a book right and what are those people doing now they're eating eating, books eating books I remember one of the first things your mom ever said to me I don't know who you are but Brett's never read a book. He's eating books. Like, I don't know what you're doing. And I'm thinking, Hey, there's nothing special here. I didn't read a book either. We're, we're eating them together. So I mean that's, we laugh about it, but I mean, that was, that was, that was a decision to say the people we've entrusted to, and I don't even want to call them mentors in the early days because we didn't know who the heck they were, but we felt like, you know, the things we were being fed about growth, we, we kind of bought into it, but we really didn't know how to label it or define it sure so we just kind of trust it and the one thing that we've been good at is saying man I don't really know the answer but let's just trust that started with us yeah and then as people have joined us both internally and out out externally like you think about the people that are reading because they know we're reading yeah that's a big group of people
1: it's amazing you create a what well, you mentioned is you're creating a tribe of people that believe like-minded things and, and everyone's not a fit you know like right it's, it's some people don't dig that stuff. And that's yeah. cool. Yeah, you know, they, there are dig- plenty of people that thought, I mean, I think about Matt. I mean, I, I
2: you know, you guys are going to get on a call and talk about a book. Like you guys are weird. Like, <laughs> I just want to, I just want to bang phones or I just want to, you
1: know, yeah. But the, the personal development part for me too, is like creating the platform. Why I think it's so important it's not about even yeah reading a, a book is an introduction to that that's one thing right that's a skill set just being an avid reader and what that does for you whether it be intellectually or being a better communicator or whatever it may be but then also you're engaging in a conference call now how many people have never been on a conference call mm, that's such right? a good point and then oh by the way cool how many people have never led a conference call and how nerve-wracking that is and how many people struggle with public speaking and to be able to have a platform that allows you to do all those things, right? Read some information, comprehend what it means to you, plug in and be a listener first, then get called upon and say, hey, maybe I can add some value as a communicator. What does that mean? And and, and the preparation that goes into that, creating actual tactical, tangible, personal development that people can transfer, whether they do insurance at Urban Young or whether they go sell medical devices or whether they go start their own business, but they take the skill sets from that platform to perpetuate and be a better professional a better person so and that that that's through that's true and true throughout I listen there. to that's you so say that and I I
2: I have a wish now that everybody listening to this whether they're on the team or not on the team understand the value in what you just said in the fact that just being on a conference call is a skill set you want to learn how to do mm-hmm. Then learning how to contribute to a call, speaking up, unmuting and speaking up, sharing a practical statement. That's a skill set you want to build. Raising your hand and saying, I think I could host a call or introduce people. That's a skill set you want to build. Ultimately, I think I could lead one of these calls. And as uncomfortable as all those different phases may be, good. That's Mm -hmm. where you should be. You should be in those uncomfortable states. And I think that that's my wish is that everybody listen to this, team members and and those outside of our team directly, you know, I mean,
0: I, I just hope they take that for what
2: well, I know you meant
0: it. Think me. about like that progression you just talked about, right? That's the whole progression of life, right? Uncomfortably getting on a call, right? It's at nine o'clock at night, number one. It's voluntary. It's voluntary. You don't have to be on if you don't want to, but you, you're gonna, if you wanna invest in yourself, it's always been, we're gonna create a platform where you have the ability to tap into the mothership. You don't have to tap into the mothership, but if you want to, you can tap in. Then speaking up, baby step, right? I'm gonna get a little out of my comfort zone. Then you do that for a little bit, right? And then all of a sudden, you get tapped on the shoulder It says, would you like to host a call? I think yeah. introducing people that check in, we do a check in, and it's 10 minutes before the call. I think that's the most powerful thing that we do because it gives somebody an opportunity to do the call without actually doing the call, right? Checking everybody in is pretty easy as far as the X's and O's, but you have to fill the dead space of time. You have to, you know, make it not awkward. You have to check in everybody. You have to keep track of who checked in. You have to, if there's an art to it, right? There's a, there's a skill set there, but it's the bridge. You can't go from, let me talk about something. Let me, let me, let me speak up on a call to let me host 30 minutes of content. You're just never going to get there. Right? But if you check people in and you do that for 10 minutes and then you get off and you feel, oh my God, I feel so proud of myself. Oh my God, I did it. Oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Right. And so you do good. that two or three times, all of so a sudden good. you go, you know what, man? I can do this. I, I could host a call oh, pretty for good 30 speaker. minutes. Yeah, I, I build confidence. And how, how many of the parallels are like that in any new craft we, we set out on, right? Like any new any new endeavor, any new activity that we go to do, you're basically teaching somebody how to go from zero knowledge to engage in the activity, which is, which is pretty awesome, which yeah. is pretty cool.
1: And, and you mentioned about awesome. how we started the call. Of course, there were no team members, right? <laughs> we, we are the team members. It was yeah. us. So, so, and, and, and we're anything but perfect, right? So there were calls that we would miss, oh man, I I can't believe I, you know, I either checked in late or I fell asleep, you know, all that different stuff. But a a, a cool memory is, and then at one point we said, Hey guys, we're stopping the call because the commitment's got to start here. And then of course that didn't, that that didn't happen wrong, right? So, so, so we got back going, but the point was, is, is if you're not engaged as leaders, and it's not genuine to you. Don't expect other people to get on a call. Don't expect other people to make it a priority. I remember when Brett checked in on a call and you and I had something come up or we had not been on the call. And Brett ran the call by himself and talked to himself for 30 minutes. Remember
2: that? Well, it, it, remember, so, I do remember that vividly. And, and I remember... You and I feeling like we got punched in the gut, oh, gosh, you know, because yeah. it's like how can we how can we say this is important and leave yeah. leave this guy to you know talk to himself? Did I record it
0: and then send no, it? No, you you, te-
1: you texted.
2: You did text us. You did text us, and, and we had a laugh about it. But you, you know, you're right, and, you, and then you take it one step further, and you you talk about the people that say there's no good people out there. Well, we call that core, right? Good people are core, and core means different things, to different people. But you say you talk about becoming core. And in, every, in any organization, you gotta define what that core means. Well, but for, leaders. But for or... us, we've realized in order to attract core people, we gotta be, number one, we gotta be core people. Mm-hmm. So you talk about all the different phases of the call. So, you talk sure. about all the other things we've talked about today, whether it's fitness or whether all the different facets of life. Why personal development is so important is because you constantly have to be growing in all those areas. Yeah. And, and no, we're not perfect. And, and if you looked at all the different areas of those of those that we could talk about, we're far from it. Mm-hmm. But being it is the only way you're going to ever
0: attract it. So engaged just, in the practice. To, to,
2: whoever, to whoever says there's no good people out there, and then
0: there's,
1: are you are there's you resp- a, quote unquote good person yourself? Are you are you, are you who you're I, I,
0: looking? Would to you recruit?
2: consider yourself core in your own business? And would you say that if your core are you are you are you enough that people would want to follow right it, cuz
0: there's people recruiting good people all the time you're just not doing it that's right so in the end of the
2: day you're just not good enough well what and and then you want to talk, you can open Pandora's box on that and, well what are your philosophies you know are you are you a negative
1: person or a positive You've person you have abundance mindset scarcity mindset 100%
0: yeah, yeah. You know, there's a there's a saying that we always use with the call which is either the call needs you or you need the call cuz some days you don't want to get on the call some days you don't want to do the deal some days you don't want to go to the gym some days you don't want to show up to work, right? But, you know, maybe the call, maybe you need the call that day because you're having a rough day, or maybe you don't need the call that day, but you know what? Maybe somebody else needs you to be on the call. Maybe there's only one person there that could really use two people listening <laughs> to them, right? So it's, and then it becomes something about being part of community, right? There's a certain level of, of selflessness that comes from being part of a group, where it's not about you anymore. And, you know, It's not about what it means to be involved with being on a conference call for what you get out of it. I'd I'd argue that you should get to the point where it's not about what you can extract, but you get to the point where it's about what you can contribute. Um, And That's just a good reminder as you grind on the daily that you're always going to be in one of those two buckets, but either one of those buckets, as you toggle back and forth, there's always a there's always a compelling reason why you need to be engaged in the activity.
1: And what's so funny about what you just said when you talked about you either need the call or the call needs you, I thought about all the transferable words that you could have substituted in instead of call. Right. Either the team needs you or you need the team. Mm -hmm. Either the marketplace needs you or sometimes you need the marketplace. Like every single area, um, it's amazing how you could substitute that philosophy into different areas of your life, sure. you know, some you know, your fitness, whatever it may be, right? So, man, I, I think this is a, a cool start to a, a, another platform yeah, that we're intentionally looking to create, right? And, and and as we talked about personal development calls, we talk about platforms. Like we had mentioned before, you know, a big part of this is 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 for us. A big part of this is bringing us together and being able to create dialogue. And of course, there are benefits to hopefully those that are able to tune in. That that uh, you know that feedback from you, that conversation is is super important to us. But again, this is another one of those platforms that you just you look to create. So 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 we can go from there. And I, I just kind of wanted to highlight a little bit about what we've discussed. And we started off talking about well, what does it mean to start a business? And 2020 is when we're recording it. And you know, every year you take inventory as a sales professional or an entrepreneur. Um, you're either seeing where you are and in taking inventory or you're seeing where you're going to go if you're just getting started or there's a mixture of both. And, you know, we've talked a lot about starting a business without resources. We've talked a lot about recruiting and what it means. We've talked a lot about uh, marketing and being able to get creative with your marketing. We, we've talked a lot about keep the main thing the main thing and don't get ready to get ready and, you know, go go get a sale before you You know, get a business card and a big fancy sign and a big expensive lease on rent. Like we've talked a lot about a lot of stuff. And and my hope with this platform is that what we can take from this broad conversation and and share some insight in the early days of what it meant for us to actually start a business and go deeper down the personal development hole. Go deeper down the leadership, you know, stuff being genuine to you before you expect other people to find it valuable. Yeah. Uh, going deeper on our favorite thing to talk about, which is culture and putting people first and what that actually means. And you you had some great tactics and, and being able to share those tactics and be able to strip it down and share not only what we do, but some different things that we've seen from some other companies that are doing huge stuff that, that, that we see valuable. So that's kind of the intention. And, and gosh, I mean, we've been We've been at it for a few hours, so <laughs> oh, it's, great. Yeah, I appreciate well, the conversation. I'll,
0: I have one plug. Um, part of this conversation will be the stuff that we want to talk about um, for ourselves selfishly, but, uh, but just as candidly, you might have some things that are going on that you would like to discuss that you're struggling with or that you just want to hear somebody else's perspective. You just want to hear about some other thoughts. Um, so we would love that engagement. Um, so if you would leave some notes in the comments... Uh, DM one of us about a subject or a topic that you want to discuss and you know that would be fun because at the end of the day uh, we've got the stuff that's near and dear to our heart, but you know, like I would love to get a left, you know, left field curveball, and that'd be fun. There, there is no filter here. And if we don't have the answer, which is most of the time we don't, we have no problem saying we don't have the answer, but sometimes just having dialogue about something, even if it's something that you're not experienced on can help somebody because maybe you'll get affirmation that you're in the same boat, um, or you get a different perspective that helps you get to an answer. So leave us some comments and please let us know. Cause at the end of the day, we want this to be valuable to everybody watching. Absolutely. Great word, man. Cool. Awesome. All right, Thanks, guys. boy. Well, that'll do it for episode two. Thank you guys for stopping by. As always, super fun. Thank you so much for your amazing comments. You guys have been incredible. We've got some really cool conversations that are coming up. So uh, we'll be dropping these every two weeks. So please subscribe. Go ahead and hit the button right now. Yes, right now. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good rest of the week. And as you uh, crush it, remember, life is meant to be extraordinary.